I've got Noel Matthew with me this morning. So, yeah, good morning, Noel. And uh, Noel's going to read the scripture for us today from Romans 8, 18 through 22. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. Okay, hold on. You're going to have to read that one again because we really got to get that sentence. So start that again with against its will. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. Noel, you think we got it with just two times? Let's do one more. Against his will, one more time, because you and I got it, but let's make sure all of us got it. So against its will. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. I am so sorry. We're going to have to read that sentence again because that's just as good. So one more time, but with eager hope. Start there. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Let's give Noel a hand for that awesome reading. Thank you, Noel. You put that microphone back over there. Thanks, buddy. Last time our boys and girls were in with us, we began the series of conversations that we called Untangled, and we brought out two pieces of string. By the way, in your bag today, boys and girls, there is string. We brought out two pieces of string, and they were made of the same kind of substance, and they were the exact same length, but one of those pieces of string could not be used for anything because it's all tangled up. Like this piece of string if you need to tie your boat to a dock, then you can use this piece of string. That's what it was designed for. This piece of string you could not use to tie your boat to the dock because it's all tangled. And we said that sometimes our lives look like this. They get tangled up, and when they do, we are virtually unusable to God. Our lives, our capacity is compromised. Well, the second week in our conversation, we talked about untangling our schedules. Here's what we said. We said we cannot live untangled lives unless our schedule is untangled. We talked about three habits that help us untangle our schedule. We talked about taking a Sabbath, just taking a day. Every week when we break, we break from the email, we break from the busyness, and we spend time with God, and we work up a sweat, and we figure out how to relax. We talked about being prepared as a habit. Being prepared to embrace difficulty when it comes, because it's coming. So we shouldn't be surprised. We need to be prepared for it. And third, we talked about planning our schedule according to our priorities. The most important things in our lives sometimes get short shrift because we don't plan beginning with our priorities. The third week, we talked about untangling our thoughts. Frankly, 
for some of us, this was kind of a new way of thinking. You know, we, we, we sometimes think about our schedules, we set goals for it, we sometimes think about our finances and we set goals for it, but we don't think about our thinking. And yet, all of our actions pause for dramatic effect. All of our actions have one thing in common. They begin as thoughts. If we're going to lead untangled lives, we have to discipline our thoughts. You know, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair. So you can't keep things from flying past your brain, but you can keep yourself from focusing on them and having those things eventually appear in your behavior. It's hard, but we have to bring discipline to our thoughts because what we noodle on will eventually affect our behavior. The Bible offered some thought guardrails, and we went over that from a verse in in, uh, Philippians. In a later conversation I had with Michelle Bowden, our, our small group director, she shared with me another set of guardrails that's easier to remember. Let me give you this. Uh, we should think about thinking and use this as an acronym or what was Kristen's word? Shoot, acrostic poem. Yeah, here you go. So think about this, that the things should be true, they should be honorable, they should be innocent, they should be necessary, and they should be kind. That's the, those are the things that we should be thinking about. Fourth week, we talked about untangling our finances. Jesus told us a powerful thing. He said that if our finances are tangled, it will be because our hearts are tangled by greed. And if our hearts are tangled by greed, we will make very little progress in a Godward direction in any area of our lives. So today, we're going to talk about untangling our health. And we're going to focus on our bodies, our physical bodies, as we talk about health today. Now, I struggled with this topic over the last few weeks. You need to know this. I I was kind of surprised. The Bible has less to say about this than I expected. But Jesus told us that The point of our lives is to love God, listen to this, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. All of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And that strength part, that is our, that's our activity, that's our physical bodies. We're to love God with our physical self. So if we're tangled up about our health, about our bodies, it's hard to love God. And I believe we get tangled up physically because we believe things that are not true about ourselves. So today we're going to cover eight truths about our bodies. We're going to threaten to be boring, but we're going to rehearse truth today about our bodies because we are bombarded on commercials and in magazines and in Facebook posts. We are bombarded to believe and think things about our bodies that are not true. We're going to end our time today by focusing on suffering, because that's one of the ways that we get tangled up, and we'll we'll zero in on that passage that Noel read for us. Some of the untruths that we feel about ourselves involve our suffering, so so let's hear some truth today. Let me tell you why it's important for us to hear truth, and then we'll dive in. Boys and girls, I want you to listen to this. I want you to imagine that you think that your mom is really, really mad at you. I know that's never happened to any of you. Imagine that you think your mom is really, really mad at you. Well, that means if you get hurt or if somebody hurts your feelings or you get really disappointed, you might not tell your mom because you think she's mad at you and you don't know how she's going to react, even though your mom might be able to help make it feel better. She might be able to make the problem go away altogether, but you don't tell her because you believe something that's not true. This is what happens when we believe things about ourselves, about our bodies, that aren't true. We get tangled up. We get twisted. So eight truths about our bodies. Truth number one, 
there is a very important connection between our bodies and our spiritual health. You know this instinctively, but you need to know there are many religions that believe that, and religious people that believe the body is bad. Jesus did not believe that. In fact, throughout his ministry, Jesus healed people's bodies because of the important connection between our bodies and our spiritual health. In several places in the Bible, we're actually told that there's a connection between obeying God and being blessed by God. Deuteronomy 7, 12 through 15, Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 23, 25, and 26, just as examples. Now, that doesn't mean that if we obey God, everything will be fine with us always physically and we'll always get what we want. But without question, the life of obedience to God is a blessed life. Look at Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's the kind of life he's recommending to us. And look what happens. Then you'll have healing for your body and strength for your bones. I want you to think for a second about this water bottle. Now, this water bottle contains my water, and it makes it available to me. You know, if, if it weren't for the water bottle, I, I don't know. I wouldn't get most of the water, and I'd be lapping it up off the floor, I suppose. But... I can take this water bottle, it contains the water, organizes it, holds it together. I can use the water for my purposes because of the water bottle. In the same way, think of your body as making you available to God for God's purposes, for God's service. Truth number two, our bodies are fashioned by God. They're fashioned by God. They're shaped. Our bodies are made by God. Our bodies are made by God. Psalm 139.13 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. That means there's a purpose even to our bodies. We were created by God, not in some vague sense. In a very, very literal, physical sense, we were fashioned, we were shaped, we were made by God. Truth number three, what God made is good. He told us so. Psalm 139.14 Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. For many of us, if we were grading our bodies, if we were grading our physical selves, many of us would give ourselves like a C minus. For some of us, that might be an exaggeration. We want to be more like Priya, who's in our class. Who's, we want to have hair like her. Or we want to be as tall as Priya. Or we want to be more like Bobby on our soccer team because he's fast and he's strong. Or we want to be younger. We just want a few tweaks, seven or eight, maybe 13. If we could just tweak a few things, we would be a lot better looking. And we'd be happier, right? No. This C minus grade is often what drives our physical entanglements. It's often what gets us bent out of shape physically, gets us bent out of shape around our bodies. It's the heart of why we feel badly about ourselves. But God, you need to know, God gives our bodies an A+. God gives our bodies an A+. He made them with great care. Our bodies match exactly His purposes. They match our inner selves, and they accomplish our greatest good. Our bodies match God's purposes for us, and they fulfill our greatest good. 
Now, those of you who are football fans, you know that Tom Brady is the quarterback of the New England Patriots, the greatest quarterback to ever play football. And Brady is also married to a supermodel, so I have three sons who are grown now, and all of us have a man crush on Tom Brady. So, you know, periodically it's tempting to think, I wish I looked like Tom Brady, and I wish I had his right arm. But if I looked like Tom Brady, and I had Tom Brady's right arm, okay, first of all, let's admit you'd all be impressed, but secondly, I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have those three young men that I would give my life for. I wouldn't be married to Diane. I wouldn't be living out God's purposes for me. God made our bodies to match his purposes for us. And those purposes are good. And God made our bodies for our greatest good. Truth number four, we should be concerned about our bodies. I mean, I know we are, but you need to know God agrees with that. We should be concerned about our bodies. As I said, many religious people don't believe this, but they're confused. First of all, remember truths two and three, God made our bodies and what he made is good. God fashioned our bodies. He thinks they're an A+. I want you to look at this really profound truth. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says, don't you realize that your body, your body, your physical self is a temple, a building that God lives in, a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. I want you to know, honestly, there have been times in my life when I have literally sensed God's presence about me and in me. I know that sounds weird to some of you if you're newer to this, but literally I have felt his presence. I can't explain it. I just know it's true. And in the same way, I can't explain it, but God's spirit joins himself to us, in us. This is why sometimes when we sense God's presence, there's a physical reaction. Have you ever wondered about that? Many times been in a setting where someone is sensing God's presence and they begin to cry. Why? There's a physical reaction. This week, I was with a, some friends of mine. We, we were praying with another friend of mine, and he's been struggling with something. So there were a couple of elders, a couple of other friends of mine with me, praying over this friend. He invited us to come pray for him. And at one point in our prayer time, uh, one of our elders took out some oil, just olive oil. You know, we joked about it later that it must have come from Jerusalem. It didn't. It came from Costco. Olive oil. He'd, he'd put it in the holy container of a contact case. He unscrewed the contact case, put his finger in the oil, and he said, I'm going to pray for you. And he placed oil on the spot where the person has been troubled. We finished praying. It was a good time of prayer. I sensed God's presence with us. And at the end of the prayer, the person we were praying for said, just really weird, but when you put that oil on me, it was really hot. I want you to know that's not the first time I've had that experience. I've anointed someone with oil before, and I've had them say, well, that was really hot to the touch. I've, I've placed my hand on someone before. And I've, I've had them say, your hand was really hot. I'm not that hot. God's presence is real. His Holy Spirit is in us. And because of that, there is sometimes literally a physical reaction when God is doing stuff. 1 Timothy 4.8 says this. This is great. Physical training is good. So if you think you should be exercising more, you're right. Physical training is good, but this verse also brings us to truth number five. Truth number five is we should not be too concerned about our bodies. So that verse finishes. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better.
better. I want to talk to uh, those of you who love to work out. Awesome. But be careful that that's not an entanglement for you. Be careful that the priority is not too high for you, that you're not getting somehow your identity out of this. Because training for godliness is even better. Parents, I want to talk to you for a second. It's awesome that you've signed your kids up for sports teams. It's awesome that they are good enough that they've joined the travel team. But just think for a minute about how much you're investing travel time, money, energy, practice time in training your children physically. Hey, spiritual training is even better. Promising benefits for eternity, now and eternity. Uh, we should not be too concerned about our bodies. Matthew 6, 25, Jesus told us this. This is why I tell you not to worry about your everyday life. He said, don't worry. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? Isn't your body more than clothes? We can be too concerned about our bodies. We should be concerned. We should eat right. We should sleep enough. We should get regular exercise, but we should not be obsessed. Now, a few of us are obsessed with our bodies. Not many, but a few of us are with exercise, or with making ourselves look younger. It's how we define ourselves. It's, it's where we find our meaning. And Jesus would be concerned about this. This is a trap. This is an entanglement. Even worse, those of you who are feeling a little guilty about that, there's somebody worse. Even worse, some of us are obsessed, but we don't have the discipline to do anything about it. So we're both obsessed and ashamed. We should be concerned about our bodies, but not too concerned. All right, for our last three truths, let's go to the Romans passage, and let's deal with some truths about suffering. Um, truth number six, our suffering is ultimately, and this is a hard thing for us to keep in mind, sometimes for some of us a hard thing to hear, but it's true. Our suffering is ultimately a small thing in light of our future. Ultimately, from the perspective of our whole lives, because we're going to be living for a long time, our suffering is a small thing in light of our future. We're going to be here even after death. Ultimately, our suffering isn't a big deal. This is how Paul said it in Romans 8, 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. I like even better how he said it in 2 Corinthians. Look at this. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, another translation says, wasting away. Don't we know it? Yet our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small. Another translation says, light and momentary. Paul, are you kidding me? He was persecuted many times, once to the point of death. He was shipwrecked, he was excluded. Nights out in the open water, he says. Small, light, and momentary? Yes, in light of glory. He prayed over and over for God to take a thorn away from him. We don't know what that was. Some have suggested diabetes. Some have suggested epilepsy. Please, God, take this from me, and he didn't. Those troubles are light and momentary. So put our future, our whole lives, our whole lives over here. Put all of our troubles here. Boom! This one's much heavier, much weightier. This is a small thing. Our suffering is ultimately a small thing 
in light of our future. Special note here. There are a number of people here at Gateway who deal with chronic pain or chronic illness. And a couple of people in our body have been prayed over many times by me and by others about this issue. And at least to this point, for some of you, God has not answered or he hasn't healed. I want you to know, in light of what we're saying this morning, you are right to struggle against your pain and illness. You're right. You're right to battle it. You're right not to give up. You're right to be concerned about it. Thank you for your patience with the rest of us because we really don't understand. But part of what we all need to remember, and it may be most important for you to remember, most important of all, we all need to remember that what is awaiting us makes all of this look like a small thing. That's the truth. Truth number seven. Physical suffering was not part of God's original design. Listen to how he says it in Romans 8 again. Against his will, I know you heard it. Noel read it. How many times, Noel? Three times, four. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. God designed our hearts to beat forever. But our great, 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 a lot of greats, grandfather and grandmother, a lot of those greats, Adam and Eve, and all of us following them have chosen to step apart from God and go our own way. And because of that, the negative effects of God's holiness are felt by us. So it's like, think about gravity. Gravity works no matter where you go in the universe. Bodies attract one another. If I drop this water bottle, if I let go, gravity takes over and it falls. It is inevitable. The effects are felt. God's holiness applies to the entire universe. And when you violate his holiness, the effects are felt. The curse falls. And decay and death are the consequences. It was not part of God's original design, but it is the world in which we live now. Finally, truth number eight. Because of God's greatness, the ultimate purpose of our suffering is our freedom. Romans 8 again. The whole creation, everything, looks forward to the day when it will join us, God's children, in glorious Freedom from death and decay. The ultimate purpose of our suffering is our freedom. My favorite hymn in the world is a really old hymn that is not sung anywhere, but I stumbled into these words a number of years ago, and I want to read this for you. I was actually going to lead us in singing it this morning, but that would be painful. So I'm going to read you this, and I want you to cogitate this. This is really awesome. It's called, My God, I Thank Thee. There are five verses, and watch the development of this. My God, I thank Thee, who has made the earth so bright, so full of splendor and of joy, beauty and light. So many glorious things are here, noble and right. I thank Thee, too, Thou hast made joy to abound. So many gentle thoughts indeed circling us round, that in the darkest spot of earth some love is found. I thank Thee more that all our joy is touched with pain, that shadows fall in brightest hours, that thorns remain, so that earth's bliss may be our guide and not our chain. For thou who knowest, Lord, how soon our weak heart clings, 
has given us joys, tender and true, yet all with wings, so that we see gleaming on high diviner things. I thank thee more that here our souls, though amply blessed, can never find, although they seek, a perfect rest, nor ever will, until they lean on Jesus' breast. The ultimate purpose of our suffering is our freedom. All right. There's a back corner in our our backyard right next to our house where we have an azalea bush. And it's a really pretty bush. There are a couple of other bushes around it, but I like the azalea bush. You know, the azalea bush is beautiful. Unfortunately, it blooms for like a week and a half, but it's really pretty. And a couple of summers ago, I noticed that it was just not doing well at all. And I couldn't get at it, bush in front of it, you know, and I couldn't really see what was going on. But over the course of the summer, it just looked worse and worse and worse. I thought it was dying. I thought I was going to have to take it out. Wintertime came, and everything is kind of stripped bare, and I cut back the stuff in front of it, and I examined the bush, and I realized that there was a weed that had grown up right next to the bush, and it wrapped itself around the azalea bush, and it was entangling its way up through the branches of the bush, choking out the life of the azalea bush. It was dying because of the weed. There's no leaves on the azalea bush, and I Google, when can you trim an azalea bush? It's appropriate to do so, so I trim it back. Then I have to untangle the weed from the bush, pick it apart, pull branches apart from the weed, get down to the base, and I dig out the root, and I pull out the root of this weed and separate it from the azalea bush because the weed, a foreign object, an ugly object, had entangled itself within the bush and was choking out the life of the bush. This is what happens to our lives when we get untangled by things that are not true. When our view of ourself is dominated by what we've seen on Facebook or the commercials that we're going to watch today and the Super Bowl and the people in those commercials and what they look like and the magazines that we look through and the things, the the clothes that we want to buy so we'll look like that, and the skincare stuff that we buy so that we can stay younger. It's good to be concerned about that stuff, but not too concerned, and you can't. In our culture, you cannot be anything other than obsessed unless you rehearse the truth to yourself. So, here are the truths. Let's do them one more time. Truth number one. There is a very important connection between our bodies and spiritual health. Truth number two, our bodies were fashioned by God. Truth number three, what God made is good, and that includes our bodies. Truth number four, we should be concerned about our bodies. Truth number five, we should not be too concerned about our bodies. Truth number six, our suffering is ultimately a small thing in light of our whole existence. And truth number seven, Physical suffering was not part of God's original design. And finally, the ultimate purpose of our suffering is freedom. And all God's people said, amen. Let's pray. Lord, we believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we believe about ourselves what you say about us. We believe that our bodies are an A+. We believe you made them. Uh, We believe you care about our bodies, and we believe that there's a profound connection between our bodies and our spiritual health. 
Lord, train us to take care of our bodies rightly and appropriately. God, discipline us. Lord, we surrender our suffering to you. We believe that ultimately in light of our entire lives, in light of eternity, they are, it's a small thing. But right now, Lord, we battle. We do not give up. We press in. We want to lay hold of all that you have for us. And if this is what you have for us, then we say yes. Because, Lord, we know that our suffering even points us to freedom. So we thank you that our souls can never find, although they seek, a perfect rest until we find it in Jesus' breast. Bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you, Gateway. Have a great Sunday.